So how was your Thanksgiving? Is it all right? Good, good. You know, uh, Thanksgiving is awesome because there's the, all these special dishes, right? These special uh, dishes that have these secret ingredients and maybe some kind, of, some kind of spice or something that gets put into it, it kind of brings it all together and makes it really pop, right? Makes it happen for you, right? And uh, uh, for, for my wife's stuffing, uh, the, the secret ingredient, and none of this is actually all that secret. Anybody guess what it is? No. What? No. See if my daughter knows. No. They all got cornbread just about. What? Raisins. That's it. Raisins. You've got to throw the raisins in. Without the raisins, it doesn't even happen. It doesn't even work for me. You know, uh, you know Nina's cheesecake? She's, I don't see her here today, but there's a secret ingredient in there. Does anybody know what it is? Huh? Lemon. Who said that? Oh, yeah. Lemon. Who would have thought? Lemon and lemon zest, they call it, uh, in the cheesecake, like, makes that thing happen. There, uh, you know, we have our huddle up in Alton Bay, and uh, every uh, one of the nights that we're there, they make these awesome grits. Now, I can't eat any of this stuff anymore, <laughs> but isn't that good? Some of you are going, man, I, I got to go home. I got to go with, I got to find a place to get some ribs now. But, you know, I asked her, and we, we'd go there, and I would, like, chow these things down and uh, eat, like, you know, twice that amount, just myself. And then I, so I, I, uh, I asked her, I, I, I sent her an email and I said, you got to tell me what is the recipe for those ribs so I can have it, so I can make it. And she, she emailed me back and said, sorry, I hate to, uh, I hate to, you know, ruin it for you, but uh, they're pre-made and pre-cooked with sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce. She didn't even have a recipe. She just buys them and puts them in the oven. That's it. Well, who can eat sweet baby rays? It is loaded with high fructose corn syrup. Everybody loves it. That's why you love it. Because it's full of poison. Gluten-free. How about this, though? This is amazing. Right? That. I don't think I've had one of those in about 15 years. The Big Mac secret sauce. You remember that when That was the big deal? The secret sauce. This special ingredient that was going to make it, like, so good. And I, I, uh, Ricky was here for Thanksgiving, and, I, and I, I mentioned it. He said, yeah. I said, you know what that secret sauce is? He said, yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> and... Uh, you can go on, I went online and there was a chef that was supposed to be representing McDonald's. He said, okay, these are all the ingredients. And they were actually all good ingredients. Nothing like really bad. But when you go and find out what like's in that bottle of stuff and what they actually put on it is full of chemicals, all kinds of chemicals, weird stuff that you can't even pronounce. 
Maybe it's a spice. Maybe it's something. And, and I know that you're going like, what is this all about? Like, what? Where is he going with this? Are you going to bring in a platter of food right now? And we're all going to go, whoa, yeah. Okay, bring it in. Where'd they go? They left. They're down there eating themselves. Like, what's up with this? Actually, I do have a point here, and, and it's, it's, there's a secret ingredient, but it's not really secret that I want to talk about today. It's a special ingredient. It's something that brings together something that you already know about, and you know about this too, but as I've been thinking about this and, and kind of rolling this thing through my mind and heart and thinking like, this is super important. And what is it? It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. If you'll turn with me there. Why don't you turn, go ahead and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Verses that we've heard so many times that, we've, that we know some of us have memorized these verses. We just know what they say. But right in the middle of it, there's this, there's this special ingredient. And it's thanksgiving. It, it says in the middle of it, with thanksgiving, which when combined with prayer, it gets us to the peace of God. It gets us through the pressures and the worries and the fears and the problems that we all face in this life except some people don't face any of those in this, in this room, perhaps. Anybody who doesn't face those pressures, worries, fears, and problems? So let's look at, uh, let's look at those verses and read them together. It says in verse 6 and 7, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You've all heard these verses before, haven't you? But there's something, this thing in the middle that kind of, again, it, it brings it all together. And that's what I want to think about this morning as we've just celebrated. We're, we're through all the food stuff now. I, I think that there's more to life than food, right? Well, maybe. I'm not sure. Some of you are going, I don't know. Those ribs look pretty good. So he starts off here, and, and the first thing he talks about is what? Is anxiety, right? He says, do not be anxious about anything. And, and you all know, and again, this message isn't about those things, but, but kind of putting it into context of what, what we're looking at here today. Uh, anxiety, to be anxious. Some translations say what? Don't what? Don't worry. Because we're worrying, we're, we're anxious, and, and uh, we're full of cares. Literally, that's what it means to be full of cares. Don't be full of all these cares. And, and one of the words Warren Wearsby points out that, that uh, one of the ways that it, it is defined is that being pulled apart. Being pulled apart. One of the roots of the word is to be pulled in different directions. And, and how many of you know that this can affect you physically? Certainly it can affect you physically. It can affect you mentally, right? And also affects us spiritually. 
to be anxious, to be like so wrapped up. And, and someone said it's the greatest thief of joy. One guy said this, he said, trying to break away from my worries was like wrestling an octopus. That's a picture for you, huh? I should have had a picture of an octopus. I should have brought a real one in and let you try. But to try, try to rest this thing, and it's got all the tentacles all wrapping around all and just like trying to get free from that. Jesus talked about it in, in the Gospel of Luke. He said, that, he said that we should be careful or our hearts, he said, will be weighed down with dissipation, with drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And it's the same word that he's talking about, Paul's talking about in Philippians chapter 4. The anxiety, the pressure, the worries, these things that are pulling us apart. Be careful or they will weigh you down. And he says, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. He's looking forward to the day of Jesus, and Jim mentioned it already. He says, he says this, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. So the, so the return of Jesus is going to happen, and everybody's going to see it. But I, but I think it's also true that these anxieties of life also come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. These things are common to man. He you know, talks about in, in Corinthians about the temptations, he says, that are common to man. Well, this stuff is common to all of us. And so he says here, do not be anxious. Don't be worried. David Guzik said it's a command, not an option. It's a command. And, and, and the, the tenses of the word of the present active imperative. It's like now, and it's imperative. It's a, it's a command. But something else David Guzik said that I think this, this kind of gets to where we are and why we do this. He says, undue care is an intrusion into an arena that belongs to God. In other words, we're taking it on ourselves. We're taking like, it all depends on me. Notice he says here, don't be anxious about what? Anything. And you know, I like to look up the meanings of the words and guess what it meant? Anything. Not even one thing. And this is a command from the Word of God for you and I as believers. Oh, help. How many of you are following that command today? Matthew Henry, the commentator from England, said this, There is a care of diligence which is our duty. There are certain things we need to care about. We need to you know, take care of business, right? There are certain things that, that are right and good. But he said, but there is a care of distrust, which is our sin and folly, which only perplexes the mind. A care of distrust. Distrust of who? Distrust of God. Because we've taken it all on ourselves and we really don't trust Him. We're not trusting Him. We're trusting me and ourselves to, to somehow get through this, to somehow do it, somehow make it work. What else does He say here? He says, but in everything. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything. But in everything. Notice that. In everything. 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So he says, don't be anxious about these things. And then the, the next step, he says, is to what? It's to pray. To pray and to bring these things before God. Chuck Smith, uh, the pastor of Calvary Chapel, where it really all got started for, for me and for, for us, really. He said this, he said, there are many things that that can create anxiety in our lives, like the uncertainty of the future. Any of you worried about the future? I do. I worry sometimes. Like, how am I going to uh, get through this? How am I going to, to take care of, you know, things when I become old and I can't do this and I can't do that? How, you know, how is that all going to work out? And I start to fret and be concerned and worried. But he goes on to say this. He said, learn. And I think we have to learn this, to give God all your concerns and worries. And then he, he made this little phrase of, turn your cares into prayers. Turn your cares into prayers. But I like this, I, I read this, it said there was a little wall plaque that, that read this, why pray when you can worry? Why pray when you can worry? I'm afraid that's kind of like, for, for us, that's the, the plaque that's over, you know, our house, up on the wall at our house. Why pray when you can worry? Literally, what it means here, it says present your request to God. Literally, it means to let God know. But I thought God already knew everything. Doesn't He already know? But, but, but he wants us to bring them to him and have this communication with him so, so we know that he knows. Because I told him, right? So, so we're weighed down by all these things that are common to all of us, and we're, we're, we're bringing these things now. We're praying. We're bringing petition-specific things. We bring it all to him. We let him know about it. But the special ingredient that brings it all together is what? is with thanksgiving. Now I got to my, the heart of my message here because this is really what I've really been thinking about. With thanksgiving, we, we bring our prayers, our petitions, our requests, we bring them all to Him, but He says, with thanksgiving. I had to ask myself, am I really doing that? Am I really coming before Him with thanksgiving? The New Living Translation translates this, ver this verse like this. Listen, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell Him what you need, but thank Him for all He has done. I want you to think about that for a second. You're going through a trial or trouble and you're worried and you're scared. There's fear. There's all kinds of stuff happening and, and you're crying out to God. But in the middle of that, is there any form or any shape of thanksgiving in there? I'd say for the most, for the most part, for most of us, most of the time, there is not. And that's why I'm saying here, that's the point I'm trying to make here is that to, to bring into the mix here 
In the middle of this, he says to bring thanksgiving. Well, why is that so important? Why are you saying all this stuff? Because this is, this is what kind of changes our focus. This is what leads us to the next verse, which is the peace of God. Because to have thanksgiving in the middle of it involves what? It's a looking to Him and it's a trust. It's a faith thing. That in the middle of all that and you're facing all this stuff and you're, and you're actually thanking Him for something, there's something about trust that is taking place. That is being stirred up. Someone said it, I read it too, praying with thanksgiving involves trusting God. Someone else said this, and this is, this is a, kind of sums it all up, what I'm trying to say. He says, the thanksgiving part of this is important. He said, it is our affirmation of faith that God will surely deal with the situation that we have just handed over to Him. In everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So, so there's this faith, this, there's this trust that, that He hears. And sometimes, and again, I, I've been kind of working on this in my own life, and my own heart, just over the last few days, like, well, well, how does that work? And if I'm, you know, having this struggle and I, I want to bring it to you, well, where's the thanksgiving part in there? Like, what am I thanking you for? What am I supposed to be thanking you for? For how bad it is? For how bad I feel? For how bad the pressure is? I'm supposed to be thanking you for that? Well, yeah. But I think before that, I think before we can get to that, is actually just thanking him that, that he's actually listening, that he hears, that he understands, that he knows what's going on. This is not a surprise for him. Surprise, surprise to us. It's not our first thought, though, when we're pulled apart with cares. But in the middle of all the mess, can you find one thing? Can you find just one thing to be thankful for? Thankful that you, that you can even think. Thankful that, that the Word of God tells us and gives us these great and precious promises. See what, you see where I'm talking about here today? Anybody with me? Can you say amen if you're with me? Amen. Okay. Because, because this is important. You, we've, we've celebrated the turkey stuff, but, but this is an everyday thing. This isn't just once a year. We say, oh, we're going to all thank somebody. I'm going I'm to thank God. Thank you for you know, all this stuff that I have, and, and thank you for this, and thank you for my family. Yeah, those are all good. But, but we're talking about life here today, just in the middle of life, and the stress and the pressure, and actually... In the middle of it, having some thanksgiving that will lead us to the peace of God. Thank you, God, that you're with me. Thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you, God, that you hear me. Thank you, God, for your grace that is sufficient. Now, Paul, who, who obviously wrote other verses concerning thanksgiving. Notice, I just want to kind of get this into your mind. First Thessalonians 5.18, what does he say? Give thanks in some circumstances. Is that what it says? All 
circumstances, even those ones that are pressuring you down. Give thanks in them, not necessarily always for them, right? Because something could be really, really bad that's happened in your life. And you're not necessarily thankful for that, but you can be thankful in it. Why? Because you and I have God in our lives. We have the strength of God. We have the power of God. But he says this is God's will. We walk around saying, well, I don't know what God's will is. God, show me what your will is. There are a few verses, and this is one of them, that say specifically, this is God's will. So I, I can... I can uh, I can bring this message with a pretty strong conviction that it's something God wants us to do, to, to be thankful and to be people of thanksgiving and to give thanks to Him. Why? Because it is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Paul has to say it again. He doesn't like give us much of a break here. Ephesians chapter 5, what does it say? He says, always giving thanks to God and the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always, everything. He piles those words on top of each other. Always, everything, giving thanks. So we're in the middle of this thing now, right? These pressures, this worry, this trial, this trouble. And I can guarantee you, if you're not in it today, you may be tomorrow. If you're not tomorrow, it may be next week. But at some point in time, this stuff is just life. It's just reality. You know, Jesus, uh, Jesus had some pretty cool stuff to say, don't you think? Yeah. Matthew chapter 6 was part of what? The Sermon on the Mount. And they say those chapters uh, are uh, 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, the most incredible writings in all of history and all of humankind, and it's absolutely true. But in chapter 6 of Matthew... Right? He says, he uses the same word. He says, don't worry. Don't be anxious. And he gives some examples. Anybody tell me what they are? Don't worry about what? What you will wear, what you will eat, what you will drink. And, and you know, for, I was thinking about this, for a huge proportion of the world, a huge percentage of the world, those are the things they worry about. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? And what am I going to wear? Now, you and I here in America, God has blessed us, I have to say, and I give Him the credit for that, but we can get our focus, and we're more worried about, you know, what kind of phone am I going to get? What kind of car am I going to get? What kind of house am I going to have? We're more worried about all these other things, and, you know, but, but we still get stressed out about them. But Jesus said, don't worry about all those things. He says the pagans or the unbelieving world, he says they run after all those things, right? He says, but what, what did he say to them there? He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those things will be added to you. Don't be anxious. Don't run after those things. Don't let those things consume you, weigh you down like he said in Luke but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. 
So we're in the middle of these things, and we're, we're and again, it's a matter of focus that if you're going to seek him first, this is a place where we can be thankful, what? For all that he's done in the past, right? For all that he's doing today, presently, and for all that he's going to do tomorrow. You know, this thing about me worrying about the future, it's, it's, it's pretty stupid. It really is stupid. Why? Because for 40 years, he has been taking care of me and my family. For 40 years as a believer, and even before that as well, you could count that as well, but 40 years for sure that I know of, 41 actually, He's been taking care of me and my family. And so at some point, he's going to say, that's it, you're on your own now. You see what I mean by stupid? It's just dumb. But I fall into it, and he encourages me. And I have to stop and I have to say, thank you, you've taken care of me all along. You're taking care of me today. I have food, I have drink, I have close to where I actually have a cell phone. I have a car, sort of. (laughs) Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Finally, what does it lead to? It leads to peace. It leads to the peace of God. Look what it says there. This is one of my favorite verses. I love the book of Philippians anyways, but, but what about this verse? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many of you do not want the peace of God? How many do, you, do not want to get to this place? But notice it's in context. It's in context of verse 6. Don't be anxious. Pray with thanksgiving. Don't leave out the thanksgiving part. He says, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The New Living Translation says, exceeds, every, exceeds anything that we can understand. The peace of God, it's like it doesn't even make sense. It's more than we can understand, but it can happen as we get our hearts right, as we seek first the kingdom of God, as we have thanksgiving happening in the middle of our praying about these difficulties, whatever and whenever. But I was thinking about this, the peace of God. You know, we can have peace with God, and we, we have to have peace with God first, right, before we can have the peace of God. We have peace with God how? Anybody tell me? Through the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. He gives us peace with God. Before we, before we become believers, before we set... Uh, Before we give our lives to Jesus, we are enemies with God, actually, the Bible says. We're at war with Him. But because of what Jesus did, and as we accept Him and trust Him, the war is over. So we have peace with God. But that's not what He's talking about here, right? You can have peace with God, but is it also true that you can have the peace with God and not have the peace of God? You can possible. I know. I know personally. And I think every one of us that have peace with God will also express the same thing. 
But I think about this, this peace of God. The peace of God. And I, think, I was thinking about this, like, you know, does God worry? Does God get anxious? Oh, I got I to gotta get this thing going. What are they going to do down there if I don't? Does God ever freak out like you and I do? Oh, does God have that big red panic button? Like I told you, we got those all around the house at my place. Big red panic buttons. Bah! Does God ever hit the panic button? I don't think so. Does he ever wonder how things are going to work out? That's probably why it says it transcends all understanding, because we can't like we can't even fathom that. That's not even that's not even the arena that we function in. Someone said this though that it's that inner tranquility of soul grounded in God's presence, God's promise, and God's power. It says something happens in us, and it's all based on Him. It's not based on us. It's not based on the circumstances. And, and, and really, if you look at this whole thing, it's not saying that you pray, everything gets better, and then you have peace. That's not how it works, folks. You pray, you have thanksgiving, God gives you peace. The circumstances may or may not change. What changes? We do. It's always that way. It's always that way. You know, uh, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10, uh, you know the story about Mary and who? Martha. Mary and Martha and their two sisters and... and uh, you know, they're, you know, they had a lot of trials and troubles. They had a brother named Lazarus, too, as well, which uh, we'll, we'll close with that in a minute. But, you know, it says that Martha, it says that she was careful and troubled about many things. Same word that Paul uses here. She was anxious. She was worried. She was so stressed out, trying to do it all, trying to get it all done. But where was Mary? She got angry at Mary, too. She says, like, why don't you come and help me? And then she wanted Jesus to force Jesus to make her. Jesus, make her come and help me. And Jesus said this. He said, Mary, or excuse me, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Where was she? She was at the feet of Jesus. She was at the feet of Jesus. That's where the peace is. At the feet of Jesus. I read this story about a man. It says he was bearing the weight of the whole world on his shoulders, and he was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. It was going like, to like destroy him. It says he had to learn somehow to let go and somehow to let God into his problems. He didn't quite know how to do that. He got out his pad and paper. He decided he would let them go, the burdens of his life. He wrote God a letter. And he said, Dear God, today I hereby resign as general manager of the universe. Love, George. 
and wonder of wonders, he says, God accepted my resignation. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, we want to carry it all. We think we're going to do it. What are you going to fix? What happens when you do, you do try to fix it? It just gets worse, right? But when you give it to Him and you say, thank you, God, thank you, Thank you that this is yours. I'm going to give it to you. Of course, we try to pick it back up, but, but give it to him and, and, and let him do it. He's the one in charge of the universe. He's the general manager, not me, not you. There's something that happens. There's something that radical happens when the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in the middle of all that chaos the anxiety and the worry as we add thanksgiving and we pray and he brings his peace that's pretty incredible isn't it you don't you can't do that now but i want you i want you to i want you to think about this i want you to try it i want you to practice this that's what I'm going to be doing. That's what I'm going to be trying. I've been trying in the last few days and, and realizing, like, I don't really, like, have a clue, like, the, the weight of this, the, the radical uh, uh, thing about this, about bringing Thanksgiving in the middle of all this. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 11, and we'll, we'll close there. And then the guys with the trays are going to come in. Got a whole bunch of them ribs coming in. John chapter 11, verse uh, 38. This is Lazarus, who was Mary and Martha's brother, right? And he died. And this was horrible, and it was horrible for Jesus. This is the, the, the account where you find the, you know, the shortest verse in the Bible that says what? Jesus wept because he loved him so much. But look at verse 38, it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Martha, but Lord, but Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That if you believed, if you had faith, if you trusted me. So they took away the stone. And this is the part I want you to see. Then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. He said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. In the middle of that trial and that trouble and the, and the pain that even he was feeling, now we know he was the son of God, but we certainly see the example that in the middle of it, he looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. The very least we can pray 
and say with thanksgiving in our prayers or with our prayers is, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus said it. I thank you that you've heard me. Peter talks about it, and he says these words. He says, cast all your cares or anxieties or worries, same word, again, same word, on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. I used to think about that verse, and I used to, and I, in fact, I probably said it. You know, you say some pretty dumb things in your life. I used to thought, I used to thought, I used to think that He cast all your worries on Him because He worries for you. But, but when I looked into it this time, just in these last few days, that's not what it says at all. Because as I said earlier, he doesn't worry about anything, right? He doesn't get anxious. So, so the deal is this, is that it's actually a different word altogether. Cast all your cares and worries upon him because he cares for you. In other words, He cares about you. That's why we can do this. So that's another reason for thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. How we can pray, I'm going to give this all to you because I know you care about me. And you see me, you know what I'm going through right now, and thank you that you care about me. Mm -hmm. Thank you that you hear me, and thank you that you care about me. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That's not my word, that's God's word. The New Living Translation, again, I had a bunch of them in this message. He says, give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. He does. He does. I think think we can look through the Bible from cover to cover and say, that's true, He cares about you. He cares about me. And so when we bring this stuff to him, we can leave it there because he cares. He cares about you and me. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that this word would get into us and and would uh, change us, mold us. As Alex prayed earlier, correct us and transform us into people who Yes, we face all the fears and the worries and the pressures and the anxieties of this life, but we pray and we, we thank you that you hear us. And we pray and we thank you that you care about us. You care about us. You care about each and every person here. You never get worried. You never get stressed out. You never have anxiety. You're the God of the universe, the creator, the most powerful. Nothing has caught you by surprise. So we can safely and carefully come and bring them to you. Father, I I pray that you would uh, be with each person here as, as perhaps they're going through some trial today. Just bring it before the throne. Sit at the feet of Jesus and bring it to him right now. 
and say thank you. Thank you that you hear me. I need that peace. Thank you that you care. Father, help us to learn, to learn this very simple but very powerful lesson. Pray too, Lord, as we finish here, that you know each one of our hearts. You know how many, maybe there's someone in this room who wants that peace with God before they can have the peace of God. And they're still at war with you and they need to simply surrender and and put up the white flag and say, Jesus, come into my life. I give up. I surrender. Save me. Forgive me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?